0: Good evening, everyone. My name is Michael Griffin. I'm a full-time history teacher at Chaminade High School. And I'm also a faith formation coordinator down here for Beach Catholic. I'm very happy to be here with you all. In the mid-1800s, there was a man named Horatio Spafford, who was born in New York. And he met the love of his life, a woman named Anna. And they moved to Chicago to start their life together. And in the 1860s, they started to have their four children, uh, four girls they had in the 1860s. And these four girls grew up during the Civil War period in, in Chicago. And in 1870, Horatio decided to make a huge investment into the city. He invested into real estate on the north side of Chicago in 1870. He basically put just about all of his wealth into this real estate venture. And less than a year later, there was a great fire of Chicago in 1871. And it basically wiped out all of his investment. And he basically lost it all. And about a year later, This family was under so much stress, having four girls, that they decided that they needed to get away. So the Spaffords decided to go on a family vacation with the money that they had left to get away from Chicago, even to get away from the United States. Their plan was to travel across the Atlantic Ocean and stay on vacation. So they bought these tickets. They were ready to set sail um, on their ship, but something came up last minute for Horatio, so he actually needed to stay behind while the four girls and their mother went on this voyage to England. He was gonna meet up with them a few weeks later. And a week after these girls, the Spafford girls, go on their voyage, Horatio gets a telegram from his wife, and in the telegram it says two words: I'm "Saved alone." Saved alone." That a catastrophic tragedy had occurred that the ship had sunk in the Atlantic, and over 200 people were killed including these four young girls, these four daughters of the Spaffords, but the mother survived. Horatio, in getting the telegram and hearing the news, gets on the next ship to go across the Atlantic to to be with his wife. And the captain, when they're on this voyage, went to Horatio at the spot, around the spot where that ship had sunk, where the Spafford girls had lost their lives. And the captain said, this is, this is the spot. And Horatio looked down at the waters and the waves, and in prayer he wrote down these words, when peace like a river comes my way, when sorrows like sea waves roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should strike, though trials should come, Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. My sin is nailed to his cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. No pain shall be mine, for in death is in life. Thou will whisper your peace to my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. It's kind of unimaginable to think that this father who had just lost his four daughters is writing these words, it is well with my soul. But how how is that possible, that through unimaginable loss, a father could have unimaginable faith. He says, because Christ died for me and saved me and those daughters, that whatever happens, the cross has made it well for me. But it's unimaginable to put ourselves in Horatio's shoes and to have that kind of faith and that kind of loss. And it had me thinking about what else is unimaginable. When we look at the stars in the night sky, on a clear night, look up at the stars, the astronomers say the amount of known stars in the universe are about as many as grains of sand on every beach on the whole earth. That's how many known stars there are in the universe. Think about that when you go to the beach and you have the sand in your feet, that each grain of sand is a star throughout the whole Earth. Astronomers also say that if you wanted to travel from grain of sand to grain of sand, from star to star, if you hopped into our space shuttle traveling five miles per second, it would take you 200,000 years to go from one grain of sand to the next grain of sand, from one star to the other. That our universe is awesome. Our universe is unimaginable. But so are we. A biologist, I read an interesting article recently that said, what, I googled, this, is, this shows what I do in my free time, I googled, what, what is the odds of being born? What are the odds of existing? And this, these biologists in this article said that you have a 1 in 400 trillion chance of being born, basically zero. Um, and in my history class, in ancient time periods, we go, start all the way with early human beings. And we talk about how everything needed to be perfect scientifically when we look at the universe, but also for us to exist, for us to have the exact DNA, genetic code that we, had, that we have right now, things had to go exactly had the, as they did if our great-great-grandmother times you know a thousand uh, made a left out of that cave instead of a right um and didn't meet that grandfather like we wouldn't exist that things had to happen exactly as they did for us to be here but at the moment of conception our genetic code is the same as it is right now the only thing that has changed from our genet- genetic code from conception to now is Time, water, food, and air. That our bodies are unimaginable, unimaginably complex. Our bodies, like the universe, are awesome. That every, every second you generate, and I generate, two million red blood cells, you just generated another two million red blood cells. <laughs> like, that's insane. That's unimaginable that each person is not just unimaginable, but extremely unique, that never has been or never will be another person with our exact genetic code, that we are irrepeatable and unimaginable, and that when we look at our God in Psalm 147, it says that God determines the number of the stars and calls each of them by name, that each one of those grain of sand, he knows them, by name. He created them. He says of us, Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, that even the hairs of your head are all numbered. That what is unimaginable to us, God takes it a step further. He's named and numbered the stars and numbered the hairs on our very head. But not only is the universe and each one of us unimaginable, but our God is awesome and unimaginable. And maybe most unimaginable is the fact that this same God, who has the stars named and our hairs numbered, that He became one of us. And that through His life, He completely changed how we view, how we're supposed to view life. He flipped everything upside down. And that his own life was unimaginable, born to unknown poor parents in a cave. He lived a poor life and spent it in a very little known area of the world. And that in flipping everything upside down, he tells us that to be weak is strong. To be last is first. To be poor is rich. To be oppressed is to be blessed. That in order to be a king, you must serve and suffer. That although unimaginable, Jesus lived the life we should live. And in this upside-down thinking, the cross shows the power of God. That maybe the cross is the most real example of that upside-down thinking. THAT WE PUT CROSSES IN OUR CHURCHES AND AROUND OUR NECKS, BUT A CROSS IS A TORTURE AND EXECUTION DEVICE. IT WOULD BE LIKE US WEARING ELECTRIC CHAIRS on our ne- AS NECKLACES. But JESUS TAKES THE SIGN OF WHAT IS MOST HARMFUL AND MOST FEARED BY THE PEOPLE OF THE AGE AND TURNS IT INTO THE GREATEST POWER OF LOVE. And that from the cross, he tells us something that we can't forget. That I feel like when he looks at us from the cross, he's telling us, promising us, and telling us to never let go of how much he loves us. That he shows us, this is how far I'm willing to go for me and for you. He makes us a promise that like that telegram sent from Anna Spafford to her husband, that in the cross, we are saved alone. And we're to never let to let go of that. Never let go. Makes me think of one of the more famous movies of my lifetime, most of us have probably seen it, the movie Titanic, that ending scene, never let go talk about unimaginable. Everyone said that Titanic would never be sunk, an invincible ship. And that Jack and Rose who meet in this movie are from, have this unimaginable romance. That Jack wins a ticket in a card game. And he's from this low society, dirt poor. And Rose is from this aristocratic family of wealth. And they meet and fall in love. And that last scene, when Rose is floating on the door after the the ship has sunk and Jack is in the water and they're holding hands and Jack kind of knows that he's not going to make it. And he says to Rose that winning that ticket is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Again, this notion of upside down thinking. He's freezing in the water about to die and he's saying this is the best thing that has ever happened to me because it led me to you, that I found true love with you. And he says, I'm thankful, and you must do me this honor. Promise me that you'll survive. Promise me that you won't give up, no matter what happens, no matter how hopeless. But he, for some way, somehow, in this story, knows that she's going to survive. And his last message to her is, to no matter how hopeless things get, to keep fighting and keep living. He makes her promise, him, that she'll never let go of that hope. So in our faith, what is it that we can never let go of? It is the cross. It is Good Friday. But in order to remember that promise more, what are maybe the things that we need to let go of in our own lives so that we can hold on to the cross more? What attitudes or habits or behaviors or addictions or mindsets or actions do we need to let go of so we can hold on to the promise of the cross more? That God's power and his being is unimaginable His love is unimaginable and that with God and with hope, we can accept the unimaginable as truth. And although it seems unimaginable, he shows us on the cross that he is always with us. He shows us how far he's willing to go for you and for me so that we know no matter what happens, especially no matter what sufferings we go through, because of the cross, we can say, it is well, it is well with my soul.